Hello and welcome to Living Hope. This is Pastor Staten, and I want to welcome everybody that is joining us today. A shout out to our E family, all of you that are joining us through the internet. I want to remind you every Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, you can join us live at tv.livinghopemd.com. I pray that today's message blesses you and that you enjoy the word as it is shared today. I'm so lost to be found, and I know it's in my mind. And for those of us who are staying in here, we have quite the treat for you today. Uh, this young man who is getting ready to come up and bring the word. I've known him for about six years. And I, I say young man, not because he's necessarily a young man still, but it's because I'm getting older. I'm getting older. Facts. I'm getting older. So everyone is a young, young man or young woman to me. But tell you what, what he is... What he is is a man of God. What he is is a man of God. And I, in the six years I've known him, I've, I've been able to see and appreciate uh, a growth in him and a, and a maturity and a, and a hunger for the word. A hunger for the word. It's, it's genuine. I'm going to tell you something. If, if his prayer life, his private prayer life at home is, is half of what it is here publicly, the, the devil needs to look out. Because he's a man on a mission. He's a man after God's heart. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet today and go ahead and grab your Bibles. Or if you don't have your Bibles, it'll be on the screen wherever he's going today. But I'm going to ask Brother Eric Sylvia to come. And he's got a word for us today. And I, he's supposed to be teaching, but if he starts to preach, won't you preach with him? Won't you preach with him? Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord, church. I said praise the Lord, church. Come on, somebody. When I think of the goodness of God and everything he's done for me, I can't, I can't testify enough of how good he's been to me. But my dad, he leaned over to me a, a couple seconds ago, and he said, are you going to give me a shout-out? And I was like, a shout-out for what? And he said, 31 years of marriage. And it might just sound like something random, and it might just sound like, oh, 31 years of just regular old marriage. But, it, whew. In Jesus' name, when I think of the goodness of God, he reached my parents 19 years ago this last Sunday, and he got a hold of them. And then now my sisters, and my, my uh, I have a brother-in-law who's uh, the secretary of the Kentucky district, and God's just using us in a mighty way. Can I testify that God, he's done something in my life, and he's going to do something in your life today. You just need a call on his name, because when we call on his name, everything has to change. Darkness has to flee in Jesus' name. When we call on his name, everything has to change. Just clap your hands with me tonight. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I feel good in this place today. I feel the presence of the Lord in this place today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I know that sounds random, but man, when I think about the goodness of God, it just really gets a hold of me. There's been a song, and Alyssa can testify, but every time I've been in the, in the car recently, I've been playing the song, Goodness of God. And every time I think, it just brings tears to my eyes that he, he saved me from a hell that could have had me. And he saved me from a lifestyle that I could have been caught up in. But when I think of his goodness, in Jesus' name, it's amazing. It's amazing to think about, in Jesus' name. But before I get into it today, I just, I want to give honor where honor is due. And that's Pastor and Sister Valerie and then Brother Josh for uh, being able to, me be able to reach out to him and uh, get any help that I needed. So thank you for that. But I, I don't take this opportunity lightly in any way, shape, or form. 
Not everybody's going to be able to step behind this pulpit and to declare the word of God. But every time I will, I'm going to stand strong and I'm going to stand firm that what this word has to say and every piece, it doesn't matter how small it may seem and it doesn't matter how big it may seem, but every piece of this word I will declare in the name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? But I'm going to have y'all turn to 2 Timothy, Timothy 3.16. In Jesus' name. And if, uh, if y'all need a second, just let me know. But say amen when you got it. Amen. In Jesus name. Oh, wow. Y'all were quick. Y'all were quick on me. All right. But 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. If everybody wants to bow their heads, we can pray as we move into this portion of service. But God, I say you would touch every ear, God, and every heart in this place today, and every mind, God, that as I declare your word, God, and I declare the importance of your word, God, that somebody's heart would be open to receive it today. God, that somebody's mind would be open to understand it today, God, and that we would challenge ourselves to grow in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands in the building tonight? You may be seated, but as long as you promise you're going to teach and preach with me tonight. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The word inspiration in the Latin comes from the word inspire, which means to breathe. God breathed every word in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Church, I want to let you know today that I don't care how small it may seem as of, of a book in the Bible or a verse in the Bible or how big it may seem, but every single verse in the Bible is the inspired word of God. Every piece of the Bible is the word of God. That might seem insignificant to you, but let me tell you, when we understand that every piece of the word is God's word, nobody can question God's word. Nobody can question it. They might be able to question what I have to say, but if I declare God's word, nobody can say, well, that's not true. That's not true, Eric. No, the Bible has to say it. And it further goes on to say in John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. When God said, let there be light, that was God's word. And I know he was speaking it, but he was also speaking through it because God's word has so much power that even emptiness has to obey. If you want to know God, you must know the word. And I know that might sound rude to say that you don't know God if you don't know the word, but it's true. If you want to know God, we must know the word because they go hand in hand. Every piece of the Bible is the word of God from the Old Testament and to the New Testament. It is all truly God's word. And I know you might say, Eric, you're really hammering on this point. You're really repeating yourself right now trying to say that God, every piece of the Bible is God's word. But we need to understand that before I move on. If we don't understand that from in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth to well done thou good and faithful servant. If we don't believe that is all God's word, then we need to get that right now. Because I, you're not going to believe anything else I have to say if you don't believe that fact right there. But it is a popular argument nowadays for people to say that. The word doesn't pertain to us anymore or certain verses don't pertain to us because Jesus was living in a different time. He was living with different circumstances, different situations. He, people were going through different uh, struggles, different trials, different tribulations. But I have come to declare today that every piece of scripture, every piece of the word of God is still relevant and totally relevant to this day. 
from you shall have no other God before me to ye shall not covet. I trust in the word of God. From creation to judgment, it is all relevant today. When I do not understand what's going on in the world around me, I can lean on his word. Let me tell you today, this world may fail you and your friends may fail you and your own decisions may fail you. But I have a God who will never fail and he never will. Our great defender and our strong tower, he has never lost a battle. It doesn't matter how big the fight may look, but when I lean on his word, I can trust that it's going to be all right. I can look the devil square in the face sometimes whenever I'm not sure what's going to happen. I can say, I know God said he's got this and I'm going to trust in it. Even when the world does not trust in him, I can trust in him. The same God who created everything from nothing is the same God who led the Israelites out of Egypt. And he's the same God who made five loaves and two fish into something that could feed a multitude. The same God who will create a way out of no way is the same God that gets us a hold of the church today. And he will reach out to us and he will say, listen, I know you may not see a way out, but he's going to make a way out. We may not see it. We may not see it now, but church, he's making a way out. My God is great and he is greatly to be praised. And if you haven't picked up on it, I'm talking about the word today. And that's kind of the cornerstone. It's the series we're doing. It's, it's getting back to the basics is kind of what I like to think about it starting out. But my God has given different titles in the Bible, like he is Jehovah Jireh, and that's my favorite thing to pray because he is my provider. He is Adonai, or my Lord, and he is Emmanuel because he is with us in Jesus' name. God loved the world so much that he gave us his word so we can have instruction on how to live for him and how we can push against the enemy when it attacks the enemy will attack, and I, as I have grown spirit, spiritually more mature, I have noticed that the attack does not get weaker. And I know that might scare some people, and that might be the opposite of what some people want to say, but the attack will get stronger and stronger. But I've come to declare that as the attack gets stronger, I have a God that's going to help more and more, and he's going to be there no matter how, how much the world may doubt it. He's going to be there right by my side. In Jesus' name. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. We can't just read the word church, but we must understand it. Reading and not studying to understand is a dangerous game. We must act upon the word as well because words are cheap. I can tell somebody one thing and not act upon it or not declare it. And that's just words are cheap. But if we just say something, we will see nothing happen. But the immediate moment I act upon it, that shows God that I have faith and I have works, that he's willing to do what he said he was going to do. And he has the immediate moment to act upon what he said he was going to do. But that brings me to my first point, And that is the world. Sorry, not the world. The word builds our faith. Don't get that twisted. Um, but Romans 10, 16 through 17 says, But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word about Christ. 
Approaching these last days, we must not just hear the word from pastor on a Sunday or on a Wednesday. It is very important that we do, but that's not, that can't be our only source of the word. But we must be continually reading and studying the word throughout the week. And it's just a basic concept, but it's completely true. Because if we don't have those things that we're studying throughout the week, we're going to get to Sunday. And the devil may be okay with it, but we're never going to get past that, the barriers that are in our life. If we don't study the word, we can easily be persuaded in these last days. The Antichrist, he's going to come, and he's going to deceive many people. And if we aren't studied in the word, we can be swayed towards the things of this world and the things he's going to do. Knowing the, world, the word is also essential to understanding if what you've heard from is from God or from a man or from the devil. If we don't believe the devil can deceive us, we are sadly mistaken. The devil can sound like God. And I want to put in a little emphasis on that word like because the devil is not God. The Antichrist is not going to be God, but he is a like God experience. It's not the same. It's far from God. But we need to understand what's a like God in experience and what's a true God experience. But if we know the word, we can have a better understanding of who is talking or even how we can pray to understand who it is. When in the word, it can increase our faith. When we are not in the word, it can make our faith dwindle. In the time we live in with tensions rising and wars and rumors of wars, if we aren't in the word and understanding what's happening, we will live in fear and not in faith. And God has never called us to live in fear. Personally, when I read of the stories, though, of God healing the man with the blind eyes or raising Lazarus from the dead, it will encourage my faith. And I challenge you to do the same thing. Find some scriptures of God answering prayer because it will encourage your faith beyond belief. But if we aren't careful, we can think God has forgotten or God does not care about my situation that I've been praying for. In the story of Lazarus, that was happening. And people thought just because they had, they had this odd belief that the soul or of the person or the person just the soul of the person would be sitting over that body. And after a few days, if that person was not raised from the dead, that that soul would not jump back in that body. And that it was impossible to raise that person from the dead. And so people started doubting God. And when Jesus didn't show up in the amount of time, people thought it wasn't possible for Lazarus to come back. And they just clearly doubted God. And they questioned, why hadn't he come sooner? But Jesus always, isn't always going to work in our timing. Jesus may say he's going to help our situations in these last days. And he's going to come back. But we can't let our faith fall by limiting God to our own timeline. Jesus did end up healing Lazarus, but it was also after the people thought it was not possible to heal. Jesus will do what, or Jesus will do, Jesus do, will do what he said he was going to do. As long as we trust in him, it's going to happen. We need to pray in these last days that God, I know you said you were going to do what you're going to do, and I may not see it. The world may be dark around me, and the, the world may be doubting what you're going to do. But I trust in you that even though I may not see it and that I may not feel it, I have faith that you're going to do what you're going to do. If God said he will do it, then God will do it because he never failed in his word. So why would he start failing now? When I read of the story of God multiplying, it encourages me that God's got it even when I don't see a way out. God has already made a way out prior. When I am fearful with what's going on in the world around me, reading the word builds my faith and trust in God, that he's got it. And I encourage y'all, there's an uh, end time series. We've done it at our church, but I know a lot of people weren't here whenever we were doing it. But I would recommend, look up, look up the end time series and start studying. Because in these last days, 
we're going to be built in a lot of fear. And there's going to be a lot of fear nagging at us and tearing us. But if we look at this end time series, it's showing you what is actually happening. And it's going to build your faith. It might be a little fearful at first, but it'll build your faith. When you know, though, what you believe and you know why you believe it, you can have faith even when the world is going crazy. Living in faith can help you show the light of God in this dark world. It can help you lead in every area of life. The world is looking for that light, so we must not hide it. And I know it's a basic song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. But that's true. We can't hide this light in the world we live in nowadays. But the word cal- or calibrates our beliefs. In Matthew 7, 24 through 25, it says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had the foundation on the rock. And I just want to touch on that real quick, that the foundation is consecration. And if you don't know what consecration is, it's basically building our prayer life and our getting in the word and understanding who God is and building that relationship with God. But in these last days, when the wind comes strong, if we have our consecration built and we have our prayer lives built and we have our word and understanding and we're fasting daily, we know that this wind, these temptations might come, this fight might come, but we're going to stay strong and we're going to stand strong on what God has. But the wise man in that verse, the wise man heard and he obeyed. The wise man didn't just hear the word, but he acted upon the word. When we act upon the word and use it in our daily life, we will see God's word come to pass time after time. The moment we hear but do not obey, we will see ourselves fail. There have been times where I tried on my own and I failed so many times. God's will is greater than our will. So we must not just trust in our own, but we must trust in God's will. And I can speak for that for a fact. There have been struggles that I've gone through. And there's been situations and circumstances that I've dealt with that constantly in a constant battle that I was like, God, I'm going to do this my own way because I hear what you say, but I don't want to do that because that's embarrassing or that's too, that makes me too nervous or that's a little too hard. So I'm going to do it this way because I know it's going to work out this way. And it never did. It never worked out. So when we try the word and see God move in those situations, we see his word come to pass, and it will in turn grow our faith, like in my first point. But when you do not act upon the word, you are deceiving yourselves. You are keeping yourselves from God helping you. And I know that sounds a little harsh, deceiving yourselves. Eric, that's a really strong word. But it says that in James 1, 21 through 22. It says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth. And the evil that is so prevalent and humbly, accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So God even says it. We must not deceive ourselves by hearing the word and not acting upon it. In Jesus' name. And that brings me to my third point, that the word arms us to overcome sin. Ephesians 6, 6, 6, 16 through 17 says... Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And this might be an odd verse to have close to my heart, but it is. Because my mom can testify to this. Whenever we were in uh, home, when I was homeschooled. So whenever we were at school, we would, before we'd start, we'd do a devotional and we'd pray. And my mom would make us, we would start praying. And at the end of our prayer, she would make us 
put on the armor of God. And it might not be a real physical thing we're doing. But as I prayed those prayers on me, as I get older, I start praying them more and more. And I'm like, God, I didn't realize how amazing those prayers actually were. But what it does is it symbolizes that I don't care how hard temptation gets. And I don't care how strong, God, the attack may seem. But I'm going to stand strong with the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I can attack those things and I can fight back in Jesus' name. But Jesus, he even used scripture when he was tempted. Matthew 4 says, and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil tried tempting Jesus. Now you might found that a little bizarre and a little crazy, and I, I did too. I've always found that a little bizarre that the devil would literally tempt the person who created him. The devil would try and tempt the person who created everything and already kind of had figured out what he was going to do. But the more and more I think about it, it's really not that crazy because Jesus was God. And this is the part that I always forget about. But he was also robed in flesh. So he still had carnality. Jesus was sinless, yes. But that did not exempt him from being tempted just like us. The devil will try to tempt anyone with anything, but it is our job to do like Jesus did and combat it with the word. That's why it's important to study the word, and we must learn the word daily. Well, Psalms 119.11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. The more and more we hide the word in our heart, the more we are prepared against the devil. He will try and try. But as long as we stay close to God, the weapons won't prosper. And four, the word gives direction. In Psalms 119.105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalms 37.23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. When we dig into the word, it allows us not to walk in question of where we are going or where am I going to, or if I'm going in the right direction, but it will be a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. I have questioned so many times in my walk with God if I'm walking down the right direction or if I'm going down the right path because I've struggled with so many things in the past. I knew I wasn't on the right direction, but I look into the word and I say, God, this is what you've told me, and so this is what I'm going to do. So as long as I am following the word that I'm going to be all right, now, that can be twisted, though. Following the word can be twisted sometimes. And you might be like, how can that be twisted? But it's because nowadays people like to twist the word. And if we aren't getting the word in ourselves, and we aren't studying the words for ourselves, and all we do is take from what other people say, we can maybe get a little bit of wrongness or a little bit of wrong scripture or wrong uh, interpretation of the scripture in there. And it can lead us down a whole wrong path. Like the doctrine of Trinitarianism, it's... In uh, Deuteronomy, it talks about, Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And that contradicts, and the Bible is never going to contradict. So we must understand the word for ourselves. The word also allows direction when we are in rough times. It is very easy to be fearful, living in the world we live in. But whenever I feel scared or feel fearful, I pull from 2 Timothy 1.7. 
It says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I might wake up in the middle of the night and I might be a little fearful from a dream I had or I might feel something in that room that I don't want to feel. But the moment that I pray this prayer, whatever it is has to leave because you know what? A spirit of fear ain't going to hold me back because the word said it doesn't belong in my life. We are not meant to live with a spirit of fear. So when we feel scared, let's remember to quote this verse because we are supposed to live with power and of love and of a sound mind. God wants us not to live in fear, but in faith. As long as we keep the word close, then we can trust that God has got our steps ordered. Now, how do we make the Bible part of our daily living? And I, it's going to be really difficult for me to uh, explain this. I'm kidding. But the first thing is reading the word. And we, we, had, a, we had a little lesson or in our gym nights, which I highly recommend, little pin in that. Show up to gym nights. Gym nights are so, super beneficial. I know we have work, and I know our schedules are tight. But even if you're running a couple minutes late, that's fine. But still show up to gym night because there is great information that's going to be given in those gym nights. But... The first thing is reading, and we must consume ourselves in the word. Brother Whitley talked about the importance of reading the word daily. It must be a habit. We can't just be, letting our, uh, we can't just be reading our Bibles when we open them on a Sunday or on a Wednesday, but we must be opening them daily because God wants to have a relationship with us. And if we are not in the word daily, we do not, we were, we're not going to have a relationship with God. But the second thing is meditation or meditating on the word. We must pray and sit on the word. As you pray, you can walk around with your Bibles. And you might ask, what is meditating with the word? And that's when you take the word and you pray it into your heart or you pray it into your life. And you're like, God, I need this word in my life. And I like to use Psalms 23 verse 4 almost every morning when I wake up. Because I say, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And the way you just do that is you walk and you pray and you say, God, it might be dark around me, but you know what? It, might be, it says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God, I might be walking through this world and it might be dark and I might not be able to see a way out, but God, I trust in you because thou art with me, God, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We need to be praying that word and meditating on the word like that. And then the third thing is memorizing. We must hide the word in our heart. Psalms 119.11 says that, and I've quoted it earlier. But it also helps us fight the enemy when he tries his tricks. And that's what I said earlier. But I would like to take a little uh, second to pin this real quick. Because something that really will help you memorize the word, at least our kids, is Bible quizzing. And you might say, what is Bible quizzing? But Cameron, uh, she's with the kids right now. But she's trying to start up a Bible quizzing uh, team. And what that is is we just go places and we quiz. And you learn a few hundred verses. And I did it for about three years. But you learn a few hundred verses in a few months. And you quiz against other teams. It's fun. But it allows the word to get in your heart as a young, at a young age. And so I highly recommend if you think your child would be interested in that or you think it would be a good thing for them, I would get into that. But what with, uh, with uh, wow, memorizing the word. There we go. With memorizing the word. What that can do is if you have your child in that, you could also learn the verses with them. And that will get the word in you. You might be not doing it for a quizzing, but you're doing it for, your, for God. You're doing it for, to have a relationship with him. And then the fourth thing is studying. 
You might say, well, isn't reading, studying, or isn't um, just meditating on the word, getting it in your spirit? But yes, but studying is a little bit deeper. It's not just reading the word, but it's understanding it. It is one thing to read the scripture and to pray over it and to learn it, but it's a whole other thing to study it. Studying allows understanding to be brought to us and for revelation to be given. When we study the word, it can allow us to see different correlation or different scriptures to back up your belief and to back up what you believe and, and to back up your arguments whenever somebody decides to come at you one day with something. But those are the four things that you need to do is you need to memorize, you need to study, you need to read, and you need to meditate on the word. But I know I run through that. It was only about 25 minutes, but if everybody wants to stand, we're going to have a lot of fellowship tonight in Jesus' name. So if everybody wants to stand, I'm going to pray over us, and then we'll, we'll go out and we'll have some fun. But in Jesus' name, God, I ask that we would get consecrated today. I ask that we would start praying, God, daily, God, and that we would be in the word daily, God, and that your spirit would consume us, God. God, that every moment we step out of these doors, God, and we go home, God, that we would open the word, God, and that we wouldn't just read it, but, God, that we would, God, meditate on it, God, and that we would learn it, God, and that we would study it so we can know what we're, God, reading and what we need, God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, Eric said something. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Brad. Eric said something. He actually apologized for it, and I don't think he needed to apologize. He said, you know, if, if you don't, know the word, you, 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 you don't know God. And he apologized for it and said, well, I don't want to be that harsh. And I started thinking about it. I was like, you know, the truth is the truth. And that's the one thing I like about the truth because you, we can try to make the truth so many things, but in the end, the truth is still the truth, no matter how we try to cut it up and slice it up. And I don't know how, how can I get to know the one who the word is about if I don't know the word. And he talked about it. He read it in the Psalms. How, uh, David talked about it. I, I you know, hiding the word in his heart so that he could better serve the Lord. Well, yeah, he had to do that because how else would he get the direction? How else would he, how else would he get the revelation of, of exactly how he needed to do that? You know, my, my favorite scripture, actually, 2 Timothy 2.15, uh, admonishes us. And Eric, you finished with, with studying. How can the word become a part of my life? And the Bible literally tells us to study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who needed not to be ashamed. So, so where I would be ashamed is if I didn't know the word, but then I try to say that I know God. Yeah, I, I, I should be ashamed then because if I don't know the word, I, I can't know God. It goes on further to say that if I, if I show myself a workman um, approved unto God, I, I can then do what? I can rightly divide the word. And here's that word again. I like it. Truth. I can rightly divide the word of truth. Why? Because I studied the word. I meditated on the word. I memorized the word. I memorized. I did all the things Eric said. But how did I know to do those things? Through the word. It was through the word. So Eric did a great job in, in just directing us in that and leading us. It's the word. It's the word. So thank you. Thank you, Eric. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without knowing the exact path that it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. Be sure to subscribe and watch us 
every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also, visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.